Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Jim Was Cancelled, a Buffy podcast. I am Jess. And I am Stosh. And today, we're here to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You. I only have eyes for you. Before we get started, Stosh, do you have any clarifications or corrections that you would like to make? I still don't. I feel like it's been a while since I've had any. Yeah, I think of them as I'm listening to stuff that we've said in the past, and then I don't write them down, and then I forget, so. So you don't have any either, then? (laughs) I don't have any either. Fair enough. It's, yeah. Well, if neither of us have any, do you want to introduce our guest for the episode, then? Yes, welcome back, Rain. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hello. It's been a whole four episodes since the last time we spoke with you. I really missed you guys. I just feel like it's been so long since I've seen you. (laughs) Last time we saw you, Oz was turning into a werewolf and Jenny Callender was still alive. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, last episode that we talked uh, through was phases and there's definitely been some phases of the show (laughs) that's gone through and... uh, Yeah, we are on another great episode, though, if I'm being honest. I really enjoy this one every time I see it. Uh, It's such a good episode. Uh, Did you have any clarifications or corrections from your previous episode that you want? No, I I listened through and I feel like, you know, I feel like I did have one, but kind of similar to Jesse. I don't write things down when I listen. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know what? I I need to I need to remember that for next time. And uh, do I? No. Of course not. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and just launch right into the summary then. Normally we have the guest started off, but I wanted to actually start it off this time because we start on the band Splendid playing their song Charged. I wrote it down too. Did you? Yes. Yes. Oh no, I don't remember the name of the bar. The Bronze. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I do that every time because like there's different shows that have different like main hangouts and so my mind rotates between all of them. I literally went to write down where it was and I was like the 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 bronze I remember now. We're good. I I didn't write it down. (laughs) That's hilarious. I also had a comment on the first song. I just wrote down language is an annoying necessity. And like, I was too busy shazamming to listen to the words. No, (laughs) well, that's the only way I could find the song too was shazam. I mean, like, I could like type it into Google, like the because I knew I forgot if I was like charge or charges, Mm -hmm. so I was trying to like refind it again. Like, I found it with a Google search, but like trying to look it up on Spotify, it's not on Spotify. Oh, yeah, and I was really band must have broke up. Uh, splend because the or they just don't have anything on Spotify. This is except on Bandcamp or something. (laughs) That's true. Garth Brooks does not have anything on Spotify. Uh, Charge. That's fine. Because he hates me. I just remember, uh, I forgot to write down the lyrics. Uh, the general lyrics from this song are just like super touchy feely with how Buffy's kind of feeling about some certain people, <clears throat> mainly Angel slash Angelus. I wonder and, if that was intentional on the director's part. Right. <laughs> oh my, it's like it's almost like it was uh, planned. They do um. try usually, I think, to have whatever the band is playing at the bronze like tie in to the emotion to the emotion of, the, emotion fo- of yeah. the the scene. We have there's one particular instance that pops up into my head that we're not going to get to until season six, <laughs> but you know there's there's a lot of them. Oh there. yeah. 
But yes, during that song, Buffy's getting hit on, but she is not seeing anyone ever again. She said she tries to forget everything math related or yeah. something. <laughs> I was like, damn, I like math. I don't know. I just, One way in which I do not relate to Buffy. <laughs> I feel like uh, just overall, she tries to repress most of her like class memories, if that makes sense, as opposed to specifically just math, probably. Well, to be fair, but there are like four memories she has in a classroom. That's so. pretty fair. I think what, uh, the most recent one was probably like around first grade. <laughs> the yeah. last time she was in class. <laughs> Until was, this episode. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I did write down the note. She doesn't remember him from math because she was only there the one time. <laughs> but she, she made an her. impression on him. Okay. <laughs> so he wants her to ask him to the dance. So he's asking her to ask him to the dance. Yeah, you know, the way Sadie Hawkins works. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, the girls are supposed to ask, uh, you know, ask the guys and pay for the date, pay for the dance and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so that's why he's asking her to ask him. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure he still expects her to pay for everything. Yeah. I, well, probably. <laughs> then she has a conversation with Willow about how love can be nice. I love uh, Willow's sudden gumption for the love talk i know as opposed to little old willow just like oh i get you know i thought boys are cute <laughs> i mean willow's always been a romantic but she seems very adamant that buffy should give it another shot mm-hmm. and uh and she needs to be more impulsive oh right yeah <laughs> willow prompting someone to be impulsive is just interesting it's all so in fun. itself <laughs> Uh, and of course to that Buffy says the next impulsive decision I will make will involve my choice of dentures yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I also like that uh, Willow calls Buffy all work and no play Buffy when she's like this <laughs> did you have any other thoughts on those that overarching bronze scene no my next sense, my next note just says well that got fucking intense <laughs> yes I wrote in all capital letters drama scene uh, <laughs> As we cut scene to the school with the two students. Yeah. Yes. And, and there's a gun. A gun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. You Which know, is fun because I don't think we've seen a gun on Buffy since season I, one, episode seven. I was literally going to say, I was like, it's been a minute. Didn't the hunter have a gun? Oh, uh, that's true. Phases. Yeah. He had a rifle. Yeah, so, uh, yeah no. from last time Rain was here, there was a gun. <laughs> yeah, guys. Geez, We're not going to read too far into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why Rain's always on the gun episodes. Oh God! That's, that's how she picks. <laughs> I think actually I'm pretty sure I there was a gun in this yeah, one. Yeah, like and I didn't pick this one for you because of the gun. <laughs> Not consciously, anyway. Not consciously. Maybe. I don't even think I remember that there was a gun in this episode, which is funny because the gun was quite a it's bit a very yeah quite but, apparent yeah. yeah. And then we have our intro and we cut to yes. Buffy and a janitor. Well, the gun disappears. Yep, exactly. Where did the gun go? Then it does the credits and it switches to uh, good old Principal Snyder back in action. So before that, it actually cuts to the same scene. Yeah, oh, it, does? it goes yeah, credits so... and then Buffy and the janitor. Oh, I'm and sorry. J- no, you're good. The janitor's yeah. like, I didn't see a gun. What gun? Yeah, and he can't find it. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, the janitor? I, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize he was the janitor. He's just some dude with a goatee. Like, he, well, who he's in Buffy? other He's in other shows as like a random side character and just like a background oh, guy. Really? Yeah, he absolutely is in like Law and Order stuff or SVU. Something like that. I don't know what it is. I've 100% seen this guy as some side guy. And he always plays like that background character that something happens to him. 
Are you sure you're not just remembering him from this episode? I of swear Buffy? to I swear to God, I remember him from other things, but this is also you know '90s. He, you know, I thought they made so. it very clear that he was the janitor because I thought he was mopping when they started fighting in the drama. Oh, he scene. is. It, yeah. If he was, it just happened really fast because like he's, he's it took my brain a second to catch on that we were all back right. On the in kid the pulling hallway. the gun on the girl, and Buffy just comes running in and fucking throws him across the hall. So I yep. was like, "Oh shit, why is she there?" Right. And I just thought it was Xander with her until he turned around and started talking, and it zoomed in on his face. Right. Which is why I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" But it makes sense because Buffy went there to go talk to Giles to right. see if she should patrol. So it was nighttime that's after school, there. and that's okay. why the janitor was there. No one else really was. But it Duh. makes you wonder why were the boy and the girl there. Sneaking in for a late night makeout session. She did say they weren't even fighting before. Yeah. You want to know what I'm wondering? Hmm. Why would Giles not want Buffy to patrol? Right? Like, why wouldn't you just assume every night you should go check for vampires? Well, I mean, she goes to school every single day, you know. Well, also, anytime Giles has told her not to patrol, she's done it anyway. That's, That's pretty fair. You like to think she'd just go do it. Whatever, yeah. it worked out well this time. It As did, I guess. Also, she totally broke that kid's arm, right? She had to like, I'm pretty sure he, she took she his gun arm and, like, and pulled it down. Palm. Yeah. Well, she slammed it, uh, her shoulder onto his elbow to make him drop it and then literally flung him over her. Yeah. And then he asks what happened and tries to get up, and she's like, you just went OJ on your girlfriend. Yes, I have that from my quotes. <laughs> so then it goes to Principal, Principal Snyder, Schneider. to which... Principal my note, Snyder. Uh, and my note just says, oh, great, this guy again. <laughs> I have a uh, principal kiss ass and I scrub, scrubbled out and rewrote his name. <laughs> is the truth seeker. <laughs> he is suspicious of Buffy. And he is going to keep figuring out. He's going to keep puzzling over what happened until he is sure how it was exactly her fault. Yep, because that's how, you know, logic works. Yeah. <laughs> a witch hunt. <laughs> And, of course, he tells her to sit her ass there while he goes and uh, deals with the vegan chain to the vending machine. And conveniently, as she leaves, a yearbook falls yes, off the shelf. Yes, then we have a yearbook. We see, we see it, like, scoot out of the shelf and fall. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, ghosts! <laughs> do, do, do. Yes. And it says, yearbook, 1955, or it says, Sunnydale, 1955. And she just puts it away. And Willow is still teaching. Which I think is just adorable and such a fitting career for her. She does so well as uh, the computer <laughs> science teacher. What did you write down? LOL, Willow is still teaching. <laughs> yeah, right. I just wanted, I just liked that it was exactly how she phrased it. <laughs> um, it's also exactly how I wrote it. <laughs> you put the LOL on it I too? I didn't put the LOL. Oh. I just put Willow is still teaching. Yeah, Willow doing awesome with computer classes still. <laughs> And Giles shows up to check in on her. Her, and her last name called. is Rosenberg, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I did write, do they call her Miss Rosenberg now? Probably not. <laughs> I don't think so either, but. Teach. That's how, the only way I feel. Miss like Willow. Miss Willow. That, 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 that fits a little bit more, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. I don't think anyone calls her that, though. My guess is they all just call her Willow. Probably. Anyways. They are her peers. Yeah. <laughs> but she does have authority over them at this point in I time. I guess that's true. At least just in this classroom. Yeah. I'm just saying, I remember when the when the teacher I, mysteriously died and they just had a student teach the class. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Good times in high school. Yeah. 
I do like how Miss Calendar Jenny was just so well prepared that even Willow could just teach her classes from just the scheduled, you know, agenda she already had planned out. Like, it's actually really impressive. No, definitely. Like, she saw at least far enough ahead to plan. Well, not far enough ahead, like in her own future, obviously, but just in general to (laughs) kind of plan stuff out. And uh, I really enjoy how Willow's learning some witchcraft as well. I also noticed that. Yeah, some paganism as she kind of starts out. I didn't write anything down, but my thought was definitely something like, oh, cool, maybe the the techno-pagan thing sticks around even though Jenny's gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah, so Giles is checking on her to make sure that everything's okay, and they have like a really nice conversation about how much they both miss Jenny. And then it switches to Buffy being in class. But like half asleep. Well, yeah, she does. She does have a, a nice little time travel yeah. vision. Yeah, I did American I said, history class. <laughs> yeah, nineteen fifty five. I said it's got that fifties lighting now. After mm. it does that switch. <laughs> <laughs> and how some boys so dreamy, and they're gonna get asked to the Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> my oh my. Yeah. You know how they talked in the fifties. <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely not how it was. Not, not Southern Belle. <laughs> Uh, in California <laughs> yeah right first it sounds accurate <laughs> and then James likes the book that the teacher gave him uh I have her name written down sorry I don't remember her actual last name uh it was Grace Newman. Grace Grace Newman. Newman thank you I was like I, I can't remember her New. last name but I don't think we learned that in that scene no so I just, I, just I think it was just Miss Newman and they're talking about how she lent him Ernest Hemingway's uh book that's based on a true story apparently did, fun fact. Wait, did we learn what the book it was? No, but I have oh. an assumption. Uh, but th- I think I think the the weird fact about Ernest Hemingway that actually makes the whole situation very interesting and kind of uh, foretelling, just saying, uh, is that Ernest Hemingway actually fell in love with a woman seven years older than him hmm. when he was in his 20s. Oh. Yeah. Do so, you read a lot of Ernest Hemingway, right? I don't read that much. Uh, I was like, I... It's definitely a little bit, it's definitely a little bit uh, before my time, but I do know some of his works, but I know there was a autobiography. Um, Yeah. So I think that's kind of maybe why Joss Whedon or whomever actually like wrote slash directed the scene might've chosen Ernest Hemingway, but yeah, just a weird, interesting little fun fact. If you know what book they're talking about because you read a lot of Ernest Hemingway, please let us know. Or they just know a lot about Ernie, Ernest or Hemingway. Or if you just know a lot about him. That's fine, yeah. too. Throw some fun facts. No, actually, it. only if you know that because you read a lot of Ernest <laughs> Hemingway. If you know and that's not why, don't you talk to us. You shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to them. We want to hear from you, please. Anyway, then it switches back to the present, and the teacher is writing on the chalkboard, Don't walk away from me, bitch. While saying something completely different, yes. all the students crack up. And, and oh, obviously, you laugh. Oh my god, I, I would die that. of laughter. Oh yeah, if you were in that present moment, Cause, absolutely. Because everyone thinks it's just like a Freudian slip. Like, yeah, right. It's like he just fucked up. Yeah. And it's like, what? From the perspective of the student, what could be going through his mind <laughs> that that's what he wrote while trying to teach us? Right. And of course, we see uh, Buffy leaving the class with Xander, talking about what happened, and uh, going to their locker. Just to have Xander open the locker and get yoinked in by, yes. uh, I don't even know what. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously supposed to be James. So my question when I was watching that was like, is that maybe, was that James's locker? And Xander just happens to have James's old locker? Was that supposed to be James? 
I don't know. Do we know why that thing's was like arm a little... was like green? Yeah. Well, his when he showed up as a zombie leader, that's how he looked. Oh yeah, yeah he did. So he it did, would make yeah. sense if that was him. But there was like a hanging voodoo doll in there was. Xander's locker. Yes. Do we know what's up with that? I'm, <laughs> I'm almost wondering if that's just Xander's because no one really pointed that out. Yeah. Right. Like they I didn't even like seem weirded out by it. Was it. Xander's. <laughs> Look, we locker. need to pay attention to this in the upcoming episodes. Is if we ever, for some reason, see Xander's locker again, let's see if we see this freaking thing hanging in there. Because I also, I, I never noticed it before this watch through, but I also was like, the hell's that? Is Xander just like got some rage going on? Is this like lingering from the Amy episode? Like, yeah, I don't know. But like, it, like my first thought was like, oh, someone did that to Xander on purpose because. They must have hung that in there, but oh. they don't even consider it or think about it. And, yeah. that, and with the rest of the story, it doesn't make sense that that would happen. So. Right. But this early in the episode when you don't know what's going on. Right. I'm trying to think of what could be going on. And then they go talk to Willow in the library and Giles is there too. <laughs> they talk about a locker monster and well, Giles like the Loctus monster. <laughs> <laughs> And Willow thinks ghosts are pretty cool. And part of me wonders if that's because she was one herself for an I afternoon. did like the way, I, I have it in my quotes, but I'll just say it now. She went, ooh, ghosts. <laughs> and I was like, same, because that was exactly how I wrote my note. When, ooh, ghosts. When the book fell. And then Giles fills us in on what exactly a poltergeist is. Oh, to be fair, a little bit of that's Xander. And Giles that's actually true. gives him credit. And Xander goes, well... Guess I'm done with the book learning and slams the book down. <laughs> yes. And from that scene, it switches to the janitor again. Yeah, the teacher walks by and she says, um, George, right? And he says, yeah, and she Making walks by. Making it clear that they do not know each other. Yep. And I wrote, oh, I guess that guy is George, the janitor. <laughs> and Giles hears Jenny? Uh, here's someone. Did you think it was Jenny? No. Yeah, me neither. I was like, I don't know, this doesn't... It was clearly I, I, not Jenny. I could see where he was coming from. I mean, I think he, he was just holding on to the little hope he had. Because so clearly yeah. he wanted to contact her Absolutely. Later. I do want to uh, make one small note of the conversation between George the janitor and Miss Frank before we hear too much. Is uh, her saying, is that what you want to hear? No, I don't love you. Uh, the first dude said that too. That That is correct. And it's just hearing that you're just like, what exactly? Who who are these people? And you kind of all of a sudden, like, yeah, you hear the the female voice to Giles, but you hear what these people are saying. You're just like, wait a second. <laughs> this doesn't feel like Jenny. No, um, I didn't even think it could be Jenny. Yeah. But during this scene, I pretty much had figured out what was going on. Yeah, that's when yeah. I clicked for me. Um, And I was like, oh, this is actually going to be pretty cool seeing all these different actors run through this scene and see the different ways and acting mm -hmm. choices they make and stuff it's like watching romeo and juliet you yeah. see a bunch of different people do it you know the exact scene's gonna happen but it's, just but it's fun to people. see how it's gonna happen yeah exactly different emotion different i don't know tone different inflections different inflection different, exactly yeah. yeah i don't know i just i liked it here and i knew i was gonna like it later too then we switch over to angelus who found them a new place to live because you know the old one got burned down <laughs> I, uh, I wrote down for uh, the scene, uh, switch to Drew Angel Wheels. <laughs> Rain over here being just as savage, savage as Angelus. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, you don't like it, Spike? <laughs> Hit the stairs and go. Come on, take a stand. <laughs> Jeez, Angelus. Aggressive. And then we've got Drew being a bitch again. <laughs> yeah. Like Also, notably still wearing red. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did tell you that was her signature color. I know. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't notice until everyone was wearing red. So <laughs> now I have to be on the lookout for it since <laughs> I was like, wrong. Oh. We did not talk about fashion on this podcast, like, hardly at all. No. And now Drusilla, every time. Uh-huh. Uh, color up. color symbolism is a very large thing in a lot of shows. I don't know if any if either of you have seen Breaking Bad. Yes. But like the color symbolism in that show is one of the most on point fucking things out throughout the entire show and like the director makes sure to like make it a point. And I feel like they definitely do the same thing in Buffy a little bit cuz Spike's color is red too for a very long time. Red and black, yeah. Exactly. And I think he changes that in the later seasons. Well, and what something that you'll notice is Drusilla wore white mm-hmm. before when she was sick, and, well, and now that's, she wears red. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think about that with our talk about how she wears red now, because I always think of her as wearing white. Yeah. Um, and then it switches to back to the library where Giles is convinced that it is Jenny that is wreaking havoc yeah. in the school, and Buffy and company do not believe him. <laughs> No. Well, for even a second. No. Nope. No, but we do get good information from him during the scene talking about how like these experiences follow trauma mm-hmm. and like the violent way that the ghost is reenacting the scene is indicative of the violent ending that happened in real life and stuff. Right. Unresolved trauma is exactly, exactly. the perfect way to put it. Yep. And then after Giles leaves, Willow immediately finds the people that it's actually. Of mm-hmm. course. Good old researcher Willow. Yes. Um, and I I do think the the infliction that or not the infliction, the attitude Buffy takes to this whole situation is just very telling of what her inner turmoil is. Yes. Every time we come to one of these episodes, it always comes to like how she actually feels. She pushes it off on whoever she's going for. That's why this is one of my favorite episodes like of season two. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's my favorite, because I'm not sure that it just quite tops Halloween. Top but three. It's definitely up there, because... I can't believe we're still in the same season that had Halloween. Holy I shit. know, right? <laughs> Christ, that was a millennia ago now. Because <laughs> I thought about it. Because I was like, I love this episode so much. And I was like, do I love it more than Halloween? And then I was like, holy crap. <laughs> we're still in the season two, which is just crazy. But yes, I love this episode because Willow feels so much empathy for the pol- for the poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And Buffy, clearly in this moment, she's like, no. She was like, he deserves to suffer. Screw him. And, like, we later find out why that she takes such a harsh stance on that. Mm-hmm. And I love that about this episode. She even takes a stance of, uh, he's a murderer. He should pay for it. And Willow's like, with his life? No, he should spend 60 years in prison, breaking rocks and making friends with a Roscoe the weightlifter. <laughs> and in a, a similar vein, Cordelia is taking a strong stance against the Sadie Hawkins. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Before we get to that... Real quick, I did want to talk about how... So they're talking about um, James and Grace Grace. and uh, which one's ghost it probably is. Yeah. And they said it's probably James's because of the way it's being being reenacted and stuff. But I took issue with that because Giles' whole thing on why it could be Jenny was her violent death. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like the way he set it up, it would make way more sense to be Grace's ghost and not James's. And honestly, I think it was both by it the was. end of the episode. Yeah. I but think it very clearly revealed that both of them were still angry. Absolutely. Is that what it was? And it, let's be honest, even just knowing just the little bit of the scene that we do know, you could absolutely see how both of them would be unresolved traumas and yeah. would both still be there. Yeah. And the more you find out about what exactly happened, it all makes sense why they would both be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to talk about it since they were so convinced it was just James. Right. That he was the problem. Definitely. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I love how Cordy takes such a stance on the Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> oh my fucking God. Just don't ask anyone. But I want to go to the dance. <laughs> I want to be the prettiest girl at the party. I just want to know, like, also, does she, she would... not usually pay when she and Xander go out? There's no like, way. She has a lot more money Oh, she's totally making Xander pay. She doesn't yeah. give a crap. Come on. It's Cordelia. There's no way. Interesting. I, yeah, I think you're right. There's no way. Also. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are times where he's like, hey, I can't afford it. And she's like, fine. but <laughs> Fine kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, totally random, uh, but still in the same scene. The portions of food at this school are just interesting because literally we cut to the uh, cafeteria scene before Cordelia sits down and talks about Sadie Hawkins and they're putting the spaghetti on the place by the way it's like the standard tray without the indents like for portion sizes just a fucking white plate and they just spooned the entire (laughs) plate filled with spaghetti there's spaghetti falling over the tray down like this and everything and like they're just handing it off to kids like that and it's like do you God, the rest of the scene afterwards makes complete sense. <laughs> Rain over here taking a harsh stance against misproportioned food in schools. Can't hey. overfeed those kids. Yeah. Well, no. to be fair, that's enough spaghetti to le- like feed a family fucking four. So I don't know. Maybe they're doing buffet family style at the lunch ca- lunchroom cafeteria now. It's maybe Sunnydale. It's bring your parent to school day. There you go. I don't know. I didn't even notice. And then we had yeah, a whole we bunch of... we were too busy worrying about the food that turns into snakes. <laughs> well, that happens after. I could have noticed before the That's snake true. thing. I'm sure you were watching with your eyes closed because you knew what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely was like, they're paying a lot of attention to the cafeteria line right now, and it's weird. And then I was like, oh, that makes sense when the snakes <laughs> happened. Cause yeah. I forgot about that Because <laughs> uh, I think Samuel Jackson would even be impressed by how many freaking snakes are in this freaking cafeteria as opposed to this freaking plane mm-hmm. well, so the food turns into snakes and we get another reminder that snyder and the police officers know mm-hmm. about supernatural stuff because you people meaning the city council yes. keep having all these expectations of you know the poor principal yes well he do. did say he could handle it yeah i mean it's just the hell mouth guys god geez yeah what did you think of that situation, Stash? I have no sympathy. Snyder's a fucking tool. Truth. Is that the only thought you had on that scene? I mean, every time it comes up, I kind of am curious if he knows Buffy's the Slayer, but... I think he does. I think so, too. But Just by the vibe he's giving off right now. <laughs> then why would he want to expel her so badly? <laughs> Can't be the Slayer if you're in high school. That's. I mean, that's what I wonder every time I <laughs> no think No one's going to accept it. a Slayer dropout, you fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's all I thought about during that. 
Okay. I well, do, I do like his, uh, just like, ah, uh, we're not going to use a sewer, uh, a sewer leak or whatever he said for the cover up. And immediately it's like someone asking what happened. Oh, it was a sewer leak. It happened in Calif- uh, Southern California. San yeah. San Diego. Like last week. I mean, you got to come up with something quick. Yeah. Is Sunnydale not Southern California? I thought it was it's, supposed it's to be near LA. LA. It's, LA it's a little bit a while, a little bit away, but I was like, it's not close enough that, you know, Buffy goes there frequently. No, but I don't know. Uh, but yes. And then Buffy and company go to exercise the ghost with the Magnus tripod, which is such a weird term to come up with and yes that is 100% made up in Buffy because I, I did a I did a little background research yeah there's no such thing as this <laughs> this is not <laughs> any kind of I was just curious if like this is like a ghost hunting thing that they actually like like you know rode in and I was like nope as well as the uh as Willow says the scalpulas yes. or as Xander scapulas. thinks the spatulas <laughs> the name uh, is just what caught me because yeah. like I just sat there was just like the what <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta make some shit up, you know. No, exactly. You know what? They made it. They made it up good. They done get good, done did good. Mm-hmm. So then they go right to the school. Yeah. Like there's nothing between those parts. Uh, yeah, Drew I just looped that all together. Drew. I don't really have any thoughts. It does switch to Drew Yeah, for just like a second, getting a vision of the Slayer. And, and Spike Angelus. tries to go to Angel and is like, you're not going to kill her. And Angel's like, you know what? I'm bored with messing with the Slayer. I want to fuck your girlfriend. Uh, yep. And Drew's like, ooh. Because <laughs> Drew's a sick fuck. And so yeah, is Angelus. a bitch. <laughs> yep. Like, I love you, Juliet Landau. However. So much. However. But Drusilla was... The meanest girl in season two of Buffy. And you played her so well You doing did such it. a phenomenal job. We love you so much. Please continue being fabulous. Please listen to our podcast. <laughs> if you're listening now in the first place, can, please continue. That would be much appreciated. Please share with your friends. Uh, please, please don't. Oh, please don't leave us. We love you so much. I would cry if I was ever in the same building as you. Anyway, <clears throat> so she has a vision of the Slayer. Spike messes with Angel. Angelus is like, I'm going to screw your girlfriend. And then I mean, Willow- he like practically goes down on her right <laughs> there. Oh, yeah, like almost. Willow runs into Giles. Who is just so absorbed in what he is doing, trying yeah, to communicate with Jenny? Yeah, and I wanted to be like, "Where's Giles's scapula?" Yeah, Willow? seriously. But he knew what he he knew what she was doing in yeah. some form because he was like, "Is that sulfur?" Oh, good, good job, good job. Yeah, and then just goes back to what he's doing. Is yeah. like, be safe, and doesn't really ask her what she's doing. Just what's her? I think he knows what she's doing. Well, he, he says to get out of there because he's going to communicate with Jess. Uh, yeah, Jenny almost said Jesse. Yeah, Willow runs into Giles. I don't have a whole lot. There was a lot of like ping ponging between everyone. Between everyone, school, yeah. During uh, this, I didn't have a whole oh. lot to say about it. They all get attacked. They all save themselves from the attack. So I actually have a question. What happened to Cordelia? She found uh, with the her face? Well, no, cuz that was the snake bite from the Yeah. yeah. And so then when she was staring in the mirror, the ghost, the ghost tried to like make her look like make him. Make her look like her face was falling off. Yeah. Okay, I completely missed that. I saw her walk up and like take the bandage off. Yeah. yeah. And then it cut to I think Willow or Xander yeah. next. Yeah. And then like Buffy did her I don't remember what happened with Buffy either now. She's in the music room with the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it cuts, and when it cuts back, 
Cordy's like, <gasps> and I was like, what happened? Why is she just out of breath? Like yeah, I, yeah. and I even rewound it to watch again and still didn't see it. So yeah, yeah her face like got all red and burnt. puffy. And, yeah. Well, okay. it, it looked like something was like happening to Decaying. her face, like yeah. decay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I do want to note that the song playing in uh, the music room with Buffy is I Only Have Eyes for You by the Flamingos. Oh. Which was the song that we see later in the scene that James and Grace are dancing to. And James also has playing in the music room later. I think it also because like the the scat song part to it is like written on the flyer for the Sadie Hawkins dance. Too. Yep. Hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, that song was definitely all throughout the episode. Right. I didn't know that's what it was called. Yep. Or that no. I didn't know those band either. But. I think they I think they might have heard the song and like they wanted to do like something like focusing around like the Sadie Hawkins dance or something mm-hmm. when they were writing the episode and they were just like looking for like fifties music or something, they might have found the song and were like That's her. That's the that's the one. Nice. And yeah. uh we see everyone start the seance at midnight. Yep, and then the spell doesn't work. Which, big bummer. Yeah. Big, big bummer. It's a bummer. Because, Yeah, then they're <laughs> flooded with wasps, and they all go back to Buffy's house. Uh, Real quick, we also missed that that is when James shows up and tells Buffy to get, get out. Get out. Yes, yep. he does. Which Since we brought we, that up earlier, we should say now that it no, happened. Yep, because he, he looks freaking horrifying, and not at all how you think he would look right now. So Just decayed i do want to talk about how like we talked in season one about like what our favorite and least favorite uh horror movie like monsters were mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. hate zombies i remember was, i didn't like aliens. during my first episode, yeah. very first episode um, i do find ghosts often to be the scariest that's fair because their rules are so unconcrete and there's like there's so much stuff happening all the time like there was no consistency with what was happening there no way to prepare for what was going on like Willow just, like, got sucked into the ground out of nowhere. Right. Um, wasps, snakes, like, the snakes thing, too. Like, and also right. the snakes didn't disappear like the gun did. Yeah. Right. It's just so all over the place. Right. Very it, evocative of my nightmares. And to to point out something that Giles said earlier is that I don't think it's... One thing that I want to call back to is something that Giles said earlier when they were originally trying to figure out uh, what dragged... Xander into his locker mm-hmm. was he said poltergeist specifically mm-hmm. ghosts I feel like is a very broad spectrum term for anything that's like a supernatural dead being that's still present and like this is just like based off of like this is the stupidest knowledge and reasoning by the way I don't know if you've ever played I know you're not super into like horror video games and stuff I don't know how uh, into video, you know, horror video games you are, Stosh. I am a very big fan of horror video okay. games. Um, there's a game called Phasmophobia, where you will basically play as a group of ghost hunters with your friends. and I've never played it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, and in it, uh, they have, like, I think it's over, like, 20 different types of, like, beings now. From, like, demons to poltergeists to the oni to... Something that kind of acts like a vampire that feeds off of life essence, like other, a bunch of different other things. And like Poltergeist in that game in specific is something that can control objects very well and is very active and present. But it, it doesn't, it's just, it's powerful, 
but it's a different, it always has like a weakness and like, usually it's emotion based, I feel like, and like it's connected to one direct like memory. Whereas like demons could be something that was summoned or like, et cetera, et cetera. And so like knowing that you may not actually be able to resolve whatever is happening with a ghost, especially something as powerful as potentially a poltergeist where it's connected to a memory. If you can't figure out what's going on, you're basically fucked. Yeah. Or especially since they can't apparently exercise it either from the building. Like that's even more just like debilitating to like, okay, so what the hell are we going to do? You can stab a vampire. <laughs> And right. kill it. You can, you know, blast sunlight at it. We've had werewolves. We've had this and that. But a ghost is tight on emotion and memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you treat that? Right. Exactly. Probably also part of the reason I'm so terrified of them. Right. <laughs> Same. You <laughs> <Ew>, emotions. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Miss me with that shit. <laughs> um. But so they all go back to Buffy's house, and Giles is thinking rationally again. Thank God. And Buffy knows what the ghosts wants and doesn't think he deserves it. Nope. Because, uh, and I wrote down here that Buffy and James relate well in her mind and her anger transcends that he doesn't deserve forgiveness. And Giles says something that just honestly just, I, I, Giles has like a lot of memorable quotes and stuff like that. And I'm sorry I'm reading so many quotes out right now, but That's like okay. just the way he says things, it just, in, it just changes the situation and how you feel about it. And the fact that he says forgiveness is an act of compassion. It is not done because people deserve it. It is done because they need it. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of like, I guess, puts further on my, my point of like ghosts being a pain in the ass to try to get rid of. Forgiveness is such a weird thing where you know you need to forgive someone sometimes, but you cannot will it. It's fucked fucking hard to forgive people sometimes oh yeah absolutely so i just i just really enjoy that scene especially with how you know buffy does end up leaving to go i just fuck i don't even remember what i was gonna say forgiveness is hard forgiveness is hard hard. Uh, you said some yeah exactly (laughs) sometimes it's hard to will it though yeah that's basically it's just it's just hard to will it and uh etc etc but he, she just basically pieces out and it's just like, oh, okay, cool. You, you obviously don't, still don't think he deserves compassion in any way, shape or form or forgiveness. Well, and it's revealed in that scene that she's not really talking about James. Mm-hmm. She's talking about herself because. I mean, I feel like that's clear. Oh it's yeah. It's been clear the whole Even time. Even Cordelia saw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it just really tears up, tears you up inside about how much Buffy's not willing to forgive herself. Or Angel. Or Angelus. Angelus, yes. Or, well, Angel, I guess. She doesn't have any sort of, like, need to forgive An- Angelus. But she's definitely trying to, like, hold on to that anger in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then she just leaves the house and goes to the school alone. She hears a voice. Yes, she yeah, does. Yeah, just like Giles did, except now it's a male voice saying, I need you. Which is interesting, I'm just saying. It does like a quick commercial flip, <laughs> and then Giles and Willow and all of them figure out that Buffy ran off, so they go to the school to just hang out outside of the school, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just like usual. <laughs> Giles does some more exposition to... Mm-hmm. Let everyone know what's going on. Yeah, she'll be fine as long as there's not a man in there. And then there's Angelus. 
And of course, yeah. In there to kill her. And uh, he's, he, it seems like he's resilient at first. Well, yeah. yeah. It definitely makes it seem like he's not going to be roped possessed. in. Yeah. I was honestly surprised he could be possessed Same. when it happened. To be honest, yeah. Pleasantly surprised? I don't know. It's <laughs> neutrally surprised? There we go. <laughs> I this I love this scene. Same. I love it so much. Because we're breaking the pattern. Yes. Because obviously, the angel had to be the girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who got I, shot. I actually Literally. liked that a lot, that they switched I, them. Same. Yeah. It felt real fitting. It, it felt like for a moment, Angelus could actually be weak, and that Buffy was actually angry, yeah. and like had these such strong emotions and it well because that is how she feels yeah oh, yeah well and it's i guess i like that it's it portrays that the more relevant part of the problem is the power dynamic not mm-hmm. the gender of the person yep exactly. absolutely and i loved sarah michelle keller and david boreanaz's acting in this you I were kind know. of talking about like having that repeat over and over again and stuff and seeing the different and, actors do the same scene yes mm-hmm. But, like, the final act, um, they I, take the cake, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. I don't, I don't know where I wrote, uh, I don't know where I wrote the note, but basically I wrote something along the lines of, this is why they were cast in big roles, and mm-hmm. the rest of them were just supporting characters replaying a scene. Like, it's, it's night and day how strong their performance is compared to the rest we see in the episode. I almost wonder if it was a directing choice, though. Like, I have to believe that those other actors oh, yeah. could have put more emotion in it. I mean, I don't think the other act- actors did a bad job. Oh, right. I just think they... It was build-up. It was, mm-hmm. I, like, on-purpose build-up. Yeah. yeah. Like, I get it. Like... Well, and you have to keep in mind that Sarah Michelle Gellar loved Buffy and Angel together so much. So, like, she had real emotion to impart there, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, ugh, David Boreanaz in the entirety of season two just does so much, so much range acting, I feel like. His emotional range is, yeah. like, very broad spectrum. <laughs> yeah. So, it was just, it was a beautiful scene. And then, obviously, when... Buffy shoots Angel. He goes over the balcony, but he doesn't die. Because, you know, because he's a vampire. <laughs> and uh, Grace's when, soul. Yes. And when Buffy goes to kill herself, Angel stops her. And the ghosts can get closure. And it was so beautiful because, like, and, and obviously they did, they wrote it this way on purpose, but I loved the way that, like, it was clear that Grace was talking to James, but it also felt like Angel. His soul was talking to Buffy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest. There was a little part of me that was like, "There's no way this is how he gets his soul back," but it would be believable if it was. <laughs> right? Like, it felt like that's where it was going. Like, yeah. If you guys did it to lose your soul, would kissing like react to that's like kind of bring it back? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, that's how it felt like the scene was going. Honestly. And I wrote le kiss. Yes, I I loved this kiss. Mm. Like. It was a little, there was, it was a little long, you know. Yeah, but it was supposed to be. It's like a reunitement yeah. almost of like both James and Grace because they've just been reenacting this pain for who knows how long. Right. It kind of makes me wonder why this started up now. Because of 15... the Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but they've why had this the Sadie, yeah, exactly. They've had I... to have had Sadie Hawkins dances since 55 to what is this, 98? I'm 97 or 97, yeah. I'm not sold that there was. Because even Cordelia's like, this is like... Like, have you heard of this? This is yeah. dumb. 
Maybe so they did do just, they bring, just it back. bring it back out of nowhere. Do you they think did. Schneider's down for the Sadie's Hawkins day? Honestly, my head canon is that because Principal Flutie got eaten last year, so Snyder came in halfway through the school year, and this year he was like, "We're bringing back the Sadie Hawkins dance." That's the wild. women gotta do work too. <laughs> I, I can see it honestly. All right, because that bothered me too. Because I was like, if it was like 1955 mm-hmm. or 1995, if. That's when this episode took right. place. It would make sense because that'd be like the, right. the 40 year anniversary. But it's not. But it's yeah. the 43rd year anniversary. Or like, something. Why yeah. is this happening now? Exactly. Or and does like, it happen every year and a bunch of chicks just get caught? Literally. Get and shot. like no one's like paid attention to this. Like what's yeah. going on here? And so that's like one of my little questions that's going to stick with me for a little bit here. But I'm I'm actually cool with the headcanon that Snyder brought the Sadie Same. Hawkins back for Same. this year. I believe so. it. I totally That's believe cool. it. I'm glad you brought it up because that was going to be one of my final thoughts later because yeah. we missed my note on it. Yeah, after uh, and then, the case, Angel just books it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he books it and then everything goes back to normal. Quote unquote. Yeah. And then there's a final scene. And I'm going to be real with you. In my like memory, he's always washing his mouth out with holy water. That's not what that was. Nope. It's no, just, it's not. It's just water. <laughs> But I don't so, think that's a thing he could do. Well, yeah, it would be really painful. He could. It just would be a very bad time <laughs> yeah. for him. Um, I do like how he doesn't say it was a ghost that took him over or something. He said it was love. Yeah. Yeah. And that just his And that his he was penetrated. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I too absolutely love. The twist at the end. <sighs> Spike just standing up slowly. So I called that, right? I said he would recover and mm-hmm. be able to walk again? I believe you did. Okay. There was one small... So you weren't surprised by this twist? No, I thought it was going to come eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, there and was... I knew he was like about to fucking snap <laughs> from every scene in oh, this dude. episode. Like, he, like, he was just the way his... he was able he was... to bottle everything in. He was being like, a oh. force cuckold, basically. It, uh-huh. <laughs> um, there was a small scene in between uh, Angelus running off and cutting back to Angelus with Giles and Buffy talking about why bit she about was Jenny able to forgive her and why and everything happened. Yeah. And yeah. I just think it's a really good actual genuine bonding moment between Giles and Buffy that we don't see incredibly often anymore, unfortunately, especially since everything with Angelus happened where, you know, you can see everyone wanting to reach out to her and trying to, but no one's like fully getting through. I feel like, and this is one of those times where, you can see some of the trauma starting to, you know, scab over, yeah. so to speak. And that concludes our summary. Did you have any thoughts about Spike other than what we've talked about? No. Okay. God, that aggressive fucking kick. Just fuck this fucking chair. Fuck yeah. this guy trying to eat out my girlfriend. Okay, but same though. <laughs> yeah, no, for real though. So are we ready for the pop quiz? Yeah, I guess I'm ready for a pop quiz. I didn't study though. Oh, well... I think you're going to get some of these questions right, if it helps. Did you yeah. just say you didn't study for a pop quiz? I did, yeah. Okay. You know what? Neither did I. Yeah, perfect. Most Gosh. people don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it is a pop quiz. To be fair, I did know the pop quiz was coming. Yeah, it's true. I don't know, I'm always pretty taken off guard. It's a pop quiz after all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question number one. Uno. I have a strong feeling I, you guys are going to get this. What year was the yearbook for? 1955. <laughs> I don't know why I thought maybe you wouldn't like remember that, Stosh. But uh, you did. Yeah. I actually wrote that one down. On I just remembered the 55 on the, on the spine of the book falling. Yeah. Yeah. 
Question number two, if you died today, what unresolved issues would keep you here? Just give us one that isn't too personal. Oh God. <laughs> uh, you don't gotta get you don't gotta get personal on here if you don't want to. I was just gonna say my dad, just because he has health issues. And that's oh, that's mostly it. Yeah, just to be vague with being honest. You know. Yeah. I don't even know. What do you have an answer? I should. I wrote the question. <laughs> Especially after giving me a dirty look for saying I don't know. <laughs> Dude, the pop quiz took her off guard, too. Yeah. Hey, man. She just goes through her nose. Oh, God, pop quiz. <laughs> Not finishing The Mandalorian Season 3. Oh, there you go. That's what keeps you That's what keeps you in this realm. I've watched Season 2. For sure. Season 3 is fucking good. I'm loving it. And I still haven't even seen it. So. That's okay. Someday. Avoiding, like, super personal stuff that, like... That's a real answer? Yeah. I get it. Well, that's over. An overshare answer. Uh, I think not finishing my manuscript would. Oh, that's totally fair. That's a good one. Absolutely. Well, it's kind of lame next to my dad with his health Well, that's that's potato, potato, you know, or apples or oranges, rather. I I was going to say potato, potato, but... But Star Wars is the most important thing. We Obviously. That's true, I guess. Finishing oh. The Mandalorian is a really good one. Question number three. Why didn't Angelus kill her, do you think? I don't think he actually wants to. I I feel like it's a toss-up answer between he doesn't want to. I absolutely agree with that statement. As well as the fact that I think he was just completely taken off guard. I, I think that too. I think he was so surprised to be in the situation and actually felt violated. Like, like oh, that shit. like feeling of I need to go home and shower right now preceded it's time to murder. And I, I base that, yeah, exactly. I base that off of his reaction afterwards with the, it was love. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. just how off putting he felt. Yeah. Or off put he felt. I think those That's, are really I was good actually answers. torn between those two answers as well. And I, just picked one and you said the other, so that works out. I, I really like both of those answers. Why don't you think he really wants to, though? Because we at, talked about in an earlier episode, you, we feel like Angelus is incapable of loving Buffy. Oh, because it's like his sole reason for existing is to fuck with her. And like, like if the first, if the only thing you think about at night before you go to bed is how to accomplish this task, what do you think about once you've accomplished it, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's he doesn't really want to do it because it's his sole reason for existing and doing anything right it's a part of who he is is to okay it's it's this the the other side of the coin when you're so used to the villain fighting the hero the villain fighting the hero the etc etc that you see the villain actually working or not exactly working with but sympathizing with the hero for once or something like that you know you kind of hear that trope every once in a while of like once the hero's dead the villain's won and they realize the person that they've been battling for years is there in front of them that's why the joker would never kill batman exactly why the batman will never kill joker Mm -hmm. demonstrated beautifully in the lego batman movie (laughs) (laughs) when the batman tells the joker he doesn't need him and the joker it's so heartbroken. <laughs> I just can't say anything that's said with Lego movie in it. Seriously, I'm sorry. Whoa. It's a wonderful I don't movie. Do I'm not going to discredit them. As in relationships. <laughs> Batman and Joker are not a thing. I don't need you. I don't need anyone. 
Pure Torque. I may or may not have watched that movie what? recently. Rewatched, I should say. Because I did go see it in theaters. Fair. You also made me watch it when I lived with you. Twice. <laughs> did I watch it twice when no, I lived there? No, I saw it in theaters twice. Oh, oh I was just like, whoa. So I probably this made you watch year. it with me twice. <laughs> it was a it was painful. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Question number four. What is the most 90s thing you noticed? He just went OJ on his girlfriend. The quote. Yep. That's yes. a very timely quote. I actually wrote down, uh, I meant to write down the year with it. I think it was October 3rd, 1995 is when uh, the OJ Simpson thing happened. Was it? That's so much earlier than I feel like. But it was only one or two years around... Yeah. Because I wrote down October 3rd. I didn't write no. down the year like a jackass. But I'm, if I remember correctly, it was either 94 or 95. That's so it was only a couple years uh, before this episode. I remember kind of being taken aback when she said it. Because I was like, had that already happened by this point? Yep. It was but early I, 90s. Yeah. I guess I just went Weird. I was just so young at the time that those years blend together, I guess. Because I remember everyone talking about it for right. a long time. But not really understanding the gravity of... What actually yeah, happened. I just heard O.J. Simpson. So yeah. yeah. Well, and, like, I don't know if that was the day that, like, the actual murder happened or, like, the cases began. I don't remember exactly what my question was that came up. Well, the actual alleged murder. Glove didn't fit. (laughs) The trial ended on October 3rd, 1995. Ah. O.J. Simpson killed... Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those who didn't see, Jesse just used uh, finger air quotes. (laughs) Laser beams. (laughs) June 12th. Love didn't fit. (laughs) That's That's all I'm saying. June 12th, 1994. Oh, yeah, about a year earlier. Okay. So still. Earlier than I thought, but I think relevant enough to where, like, I don't think kids today would get that reference. Not the same. There is actually a country song where... He said there's that, like, the line is, there's absolutely positively no doubt in my mind that OJ did it. And then, like, the rest of the song is, like, other stuff. And I remember listening to that song in 2007 and not really understanding what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And later, real, like, just, linking oh. it in my head. Realizing that he was just racist. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I do have a bonus one uh, for the 90s question you're definitely welcome to have a different one than me oh no sure. <laughs> like it's absolutely i was going to say that i 100 percent agree with you uh the secondary one for the fashion in the episode mm. uh buffy and i'm surprised the school lets her get away with this um buffy wears a interestingly shorter skirt this episode when she's walking through the school with xander for the uh locker monster she has like her her she has like this very a very 90s outfit yeah. like almost not goth but alternative outfit on where yeah. it's not black but it's a very dark color and like a chunky belt and like her cross of course because she always has her cross right. but her skirt is like mid-thigh and actually has a slit up it i feel in like one I, even, I feel like I drew all a picture. hollywood school like students well nowadays super inappropriate clothes but even we're, now we're used to euphoria and stuff like that i feel like and like i i like i know in the past like at least decade my mind has definitely been in like these kinds of shows mm-hmm. when i think of like hillary duff 
and like the outfit she wore there was definitely like some like and that was like early 2000s i want to say there's like the low riders i remember that and like not crop tops but you could always usually see like this little section right here on like most but like i never really saw saw like that many like there's definitely different like little random like bits of fashion like the belts that she's wearing or like different ways that she wears her hair and stuff like that like she has her hair kind of like not her usual part but almost like not slicked back but like swept yes like swept back as if she ran her hands through her hair and just kept it back instead of parting it like normal yeah so Um. we're gonna move on to character development now Woo! if i'm being honest i feel like almost everyone kind of developed this episode xander and cordelia kind of put aside yeah we barely saw xander this episode which you know i'm really nice he kind of made a comment (laughs) when uh they were talking about like buffy was going on about uh how bad she felt for the girl as opposed to james how bad she felt for grace when they're talking in the library or something and uh He's like, he says something like super selfish, like, can you like make sure I get like laid? Basically, was like the summary of like his his quote. And like, I don't remember the exact scene. It's it's when they're in uh, the library. I think it's after. It's when um, Buffy said she had a dream about what happened, and he's like, because it's after getting really your dreams are getting really accurate. Exactly. Have you seen me? I'm pretty sure. Uh, He said something like, "Have you seen me being fulfilled by a woman physically?" Coming coming into a large sum of cash or knowing the love of a woman exactly in a physical sense. thank yeah, you that was it. and like just that it's just that was like his biggest contribution to this episode i feel like aside from him pointing out the gold, poltergeist and making the funny uh well i guess i'm done with the book learning quote yeah all right do you want to give us our list of characters jess i will yes yeah. so our characters that are returning are buffy willow principal snyder giles xander Angelus, Drusilla, Spike, and Cordelia. And then our new characters were James, Grace, George, <laughs> and the teacher who's you... Miss Frank. Miss Frank. <laughs> Got you. I just... George the janitor and Miss Frank. <laughs> just, this just caught me off guard. All right, Jess, is there any character you would like to start yeah. with? Yeah. Um, honestly, the only character that I really want to call out is Buffy. I feel like she obviously had huge growth this episode. She really has been struggling, especially since the death of Miss Calendar, especially since the death of Miss Calendar and then, you know, everything else that, that's been just going on. I think she's been feeling so much guilt and so much self-loathing that she had to get through in order to progress because that kind of thing will just swallow you whole mm-hmm. if you can't let it go. So Buffy was, was big for me this episode. Uh, I actually might have an interesting take on the character. I feel like definitely grew uh, Spike. Well, he did. He, he did. He grew about nerves back at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to come up with a clever one to, to make a joke about him. Growing. He quite literally grew three feet that day. <laughs> um, but just I'm I feel like he's very impulsive before and very just make a decision, make a decision, like do this and kind like of do emotional. whatever sounds fun right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and jealous has kind of made him reevaluate things. Reevaluate reevaluate his priorities and he well, and he's very in that patient. Weakened position. Like he had no choice but to develop that way. Yeah. Right. And like 
Oh, he could have. He could have given it away. He could have absolutely. Who knows how long he's been okay for? That's it true. He may not have ever been fucked up, honestly. But I just I find it very interesting that he actually took so much time to be patient and wait for the moment that he knew Angelus would just up and leave. Mm-hmm. He knew it was coming. Like he he knows Angelus pretty well. So like, I I just and I mean. Obviously, I don't know, but I have a suspicion that he has a pretty specific plan he is going to enact now that he is He seems capable. like he has something in mind, doesn't he? The way he took out his anger on that wheelchair, he's pretty <laughs> pent up. Very relatable. <laughs> it's a possibility, you know? Huh? Who knows? Or it could fizzle out into nothing. That's been known to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true, unfortunately. Maybe he'll get put in a cage and... Raced up to the roof and get caught on fire like the anointed one. Maybe. Remember the anointed one from earlier this season? I do. <laughs> I had took that so same long to actually you happen. Up Halloween. Yes. <laughs> That's a good call out. Spike did grow physically and emotionally. I wanted to call out Giles. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily grew, but we kind of, oh. we've seen this side of him before, but it was really in your face the way he was like, the dichotomy of him being like always question me and challenge authority and mm-hmm. everything he said. And then he's like, except this time, cause I'm right. And you're and just seeing him be so authoritative almost. Well, and just like specifically like cause single, he, single-minded cause mm. he knew he wasn't right. Like deep down, he, he knew wanted to, th- but he wanted to be right. So he wanted to explore the option. And it's, I just feel like, He's been that way for the last couple episodes, I guess. But Yeah. I feel like if he had the thought of maybe if I can get them to think it's her, maybe... Maybe can, it is her. Maybe I, it is her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's kind of a really sad circumstance, but worth calling out. Uh, secondary character, I feel like, that actually had a lot of growth, who is a new character, is James. He had to have growth and able to be able to move on. And, like, obviously, so did Grace, but... Grace finally just accepted what happened and knew that she did make a mistake. Yeah, what they were doing was wrong, but she did love him. I gotta call this out. So forgiveness, at least in my experience, and like obviously it's not solely a religious thing, but forgiveness is very like, it's like the center focus of my faith. And it's interesting because the, so so you've got, in order to to give someone forgiveness, you have to give them grace, or grace is almost synonymous with forgiveness. And so, I really like the fact that her name is Grace. Is grace. It fits. Um, so I just I had to call that out. Sure. I don't know if I did it, if I used the right words to describe. No, it, that was perfect. I don't have anything to add to it. Yeah, no, forgiveness <laughs> is just a big thing for me, so I liked that. That's good. Uh, did you have more you wanted to say on James or Grace? Uh, just that was basically the summary summary of it. Is that uh, seeing seeing that both of them could fully accept what happened and what emotions played out, and that they are actually both sorry for what had happened, what they did to each other, and that they do still love each other. So uh, you know, if in this world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if there is some kind of actual afterlife, I really do hope that if they are together and accept each other they can actually be happy in the afterlife and that you know now they're not in limbo and they can depart and that's big growth i mean they did do that really interesting 90s cgi where they like mm-hmm. had the lights glowing and it like lifted them upwards 
which kind of gave me the idea of like heaven, but mm. I don't know. Or at least descending from this world to something else. To some yeah. sort of different ethereal Which is plane. absolutely fair if your soul is leaving, and we've seen a couple people's souls and sorts, you know, kind of depart, you know, leave yeah. in some sense from something, you know, actually having a just travel up into wherever. Kind of, you know, just broad spectrum makes sense. That, I get that. Gotta go somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, do we think George developed his character on into prison? Probably. <laughs> I mean, probably with Roscoe the weightlifter. <laughs> yeah. Never really touched on it. They but didn't he really did well, shoot and kill a woman. Well, no. There's no, there's no weapon. The, they couldn't find the weapon, so like we, they couldn't necessarily find. But there is a his firsthand witness. Prince. Uh, well, I, I don't Giles, know if Giles said gonna you shot a woman, but was Giles there when he shot the woman? Yeah, he saw it happen. No, he. Well, yeah, he he did and did not. He at least like heard it for sure. No, he like walked around the yeah, corner and, and like hit hit around the corner. Yeah, that glass and saw him shoot. I have a feeling that Snyder's going to say it was Buffy's fault somehow and George is going to get off scot-free. Maybe. I mean, I kind of hope so. I like, wonder, it sucks she died, but... I wonder if we'll see George the janitor again. I don't know. Also, Mrs. Frank or Mrs. Nancy Frank. or whatever Rain said earlier. <laughs> Mrs. Frank. She died. She did. She did. Same Probably not much growth. Same with James and Grace, though I don't know if they grew into death because they were dead to yeah. begin with. They grew into heaven. That's true. Or into resting, they, they, they were still beings in some form, so they did grow into possibly not being anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know. Did you have anyone else you wanted to touch on? Uh, no. Right. Uh, Giles was really the big one, and Buffy was the obvious one. Right. But. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, it's not directly in correlation to this episode, but I feel like Willow has grown a little bit in her opinions on like love, especially yeah. when it comes to trying to promote it to her friends and... Her just being like, yeah, just go for it to Buffy, basically. She's definitely growing more confident in, like, the relationship department, which is cool. It's fun to see her giving Buffy not just encouragement, because Willow has obviously always been a cheerleader of Buffy's love life, but she's also giving her advice now, which is neat. All right. All right, Stosh. Who's your Herbert for the episode? My Herbert for the episode. I don't know, man. Do you have one? Do either of you have yours yet? I'm still thinking. I... Mine's kind of a weird one. Okay. Uh, so oddly enough, it's Willow. Uh, That's not weird, Rain. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird because I feel like she didn't have like that big of a part this episode. Yeah. Um, it was one scene in specific that really made her that for me was um when she was doing her computer class and everything. She makes a joke and everyone laughs and everything's going really good for her and it feels good. You know, Giles comes in and all that and they're talking about Jenny. And she gives him a piece of rose quartz mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the bracelet and everything. And I don't know if either of you really know much about rose quartz and what it's supposed to, like, symbolize, especially for pagans and, like, Wicca and witchcraft, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which, once again, not all in the same thing. Just want to say that to anyone listening because I know that's a common misconception. I don't want to piss off any, you know, followers of either. Those witches. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to don't fuck around. <laughs> Find out. Um, <laughs> but that rose quartz actually uh, is meant to restore trust and harmony. It is encouraging of unconditional love, and it promotes forgiveness, self-acceptance, and gratitude. Huh. And the symbolism behind giving him something, especially that it was Miss Calendar specifically, mm-hmm. and how much he obviously 
like just was in love with her. Right. It's not even just a, a, a care for it's, it, I think it was genuine, genuine love. Yeah. Is that this little, this little token, especially with how much Giles does know about freaking everything in the universe. Right. He definitely would know what this rose quartz would mean to Miss Calendar and what it showed. Just the, the fact that, you know, Jenny had it in the first place obviously meant that she had it for a reason, mm-hmm. whether that was for her own, you know, need of unconditional love, for acceptance of love, for her own self-acceptance, for forgiveness, or whatever it may be, that she had it, and now that it's with him, just, I don't know, it was just something that just kind of triggered inside of me of seeing Willow just, once again, being selfless, because she could have absolutely kept this right. and used it for her own, you know, love life, which you know obviously a little filthy floppy right now and it's just it's just one of those things where it just kind of hit a little home for me and like I didn't expect that to be my Herbert this episode if I'm being honest (laughs) (laughs) but like the more I thought about it the more it kind of just like really actually resonated with me a little bit yeah yeah so that makes sense yeah it's totally fair my Herbert it's pretty obvious, and it's Buffy. <laughs> I loved Buffy the best in this episode, and I'm not I'm not ashamed to say it. No, that was, she well, was going to be. should be. <laughs> well, I'm not, so. <laughs> she was definitely going to be my, she's my runner-up, honestly, and, like, it was kind of a hard switch, you know, flip-flop. Well, Willow was my runner-up, so oh. it's funny that you said that. <laughs> we got each other. There you go. Mine's a throwaway. Oh, not a throwaway, but it's really shallow. It's Spike. Oh. I just, I'm impressed with his ability to hold in that he was able to walk and uh, he clearly has a better plan than he has in the past and it's mostly that by at the end of the episode i was excited to see where that's gonna go yeah Mm -hmm. and so like that's perfectly acceptable yeah can i make a very broad claim right now maybe spike is honest to god my favorite character in all of like ain't you know of all buffy angel universe universe yep out of all all of them that have passed through in both shows, like Spike's definitely my favorite reoccurring character, and I say reoccurring for a reason. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of little random one-time characters that I genuinely just really enjoy. But I said a few episodes ago that he could have died in that episode, and I thought the show would be better. And, and then like, I said uh, I was kidding. Mostly. But at the same time, you're like, but uh, I definitely am not a Spike fan. I oh. just like his sassery. Yeah, he just brings- I mean, he is, he's a fun. He's a fun character, so I definitely don't judge your pick, but he's just definitely not mine, and that's okay. Yeah. What about your Xander? My Xander is Drusilla, again. <laughs> I don't like her. I almost gave my Herbert to Drusilla just because I knew it would piss you off. <laughs> I love Drusilla. However. Until... She's until she just, pisses you off? Most Until she just clearly is toying with... Spike's emotions, which is hilarious, because I was just like, oh, I don't like Spike that much. But still, he's, you know, he's still rude. He's a being. He has feelings. (laughs) He's not a person. So, you know. Fair enough. Rain, do you have yours? I think it's going to have to be Drew. Yeah, it just. She's the it's, Well, it's 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 a it's a toss up between her and honestly a jealous little bit. Well. Just because he just eggs it on. <laughs> and just the sheer cockiness of this guy is just, yeah. it grinds your teeth. <laughs> Maybe it's a double standard because I really enjoy it. Oh, no. And I, I love it. I love it from like our perspective. But if I was like well, someone yeah, involved in that situation, oh, guy. my God. But I just feel like, I do feel like 
Drusilla is in the wrong more than Angelus in those in those situations, you know? I, f- I feel like she's just cracked out always, so I wow. almost feel bad. Is she in the wrong more than Angelus? Yeah. Can you say why? Because she's the one who's in a committed relationship. They're okay. both wrong. Sure. Don't get me wrong. I would be ticked if, like, some dude was saying stuff like that to Dean about me. Yeah. I would be like, don't effing go there, bro, or whatever. Because it's also your job to stand up for your own relationship. But And, like, I wouldn't, I would probably, I actually have. There have been people who have made, like, inappropriate comments to me. And I've just, like, completely, I didn't tell them why. I just completely was like, nope. It's the last thing you're ever going to say to me. And I've just, like, blocked them. Yep. And, like. That was it. Because I have respect for my relationship. And that's fair. If the people I'm associating with don't have respect for my relationship, I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. I don't have respect for you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, sure. So it was wrong that Angelus was doing it, but it was even more wrong, in my opinion, that Drusilla wasn't nipping it in the bud. I think they both fucked around and found out. Yeah. Or are about to find well, out. They haven't anything. found shit out yet. We're going to find out. Who's yours? All right. So initially I kind of wanted to give it to Buffy because just the way she acted throughout her character like, frustrated me. Well, yeah. right. But like that was the point of the episode was for her to get yeah, over that. Right. So I think that's unfair. Okay. okay. Um, and so I'm just going to give it to Snyder because I fucking hate that guy. Well, he was definitely terrible. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm yeah. always upset when he's around. And I don't want him to be there anymore. So That's flashback fine. to season one, episode one, and how mad you were at Bobo. Yeah, don't you miss him now? Also, Rain's first episode when Snyder showed up for the first I one, or know. her second episode. It was her two. second. It was her first one. Was yeah. it? Yeah, the puppet show. Oh, you're right. I I think I said your first episode was some assembly required because I forgot you were in the puppet show. But the puppet show was your first episode. Yeah, because it was definitely... Either way, I just remember him. you both giving him your Herbert and me being mad Air about Schneider. it. Air <laughs> Snyder. He was so great. <laughs> I still not. appreciate Snyder as, like, a character. Oh, he's, but he's a brilliant similar, character. Similar to Angelus, I wouldn't want to hang out with the guy. Mm-hmm. He seems like such a cool dude. So level-headed and obviously not a vindictive dickhead. Yeah, obviously. Never on a power trip. Oh, no, gosh. Wait. Not this guy. All right, next King of the, Calm. You people put Snyder. me in charge. I don't know his first name. Character. Do we know Snyder's first name? I don't think we know name? his first name. Mm. Dumb shit Snyder. <laughs> Dillhole Snyder. It starts with a D, I'm sure. Okay. Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> it's Snyder, not Schneider. Not Schneider. <laughs> they gave it's me Snyder. crap about that a few episodes uh-huh. after. We did. He we came in. Talked a bunch of shit to Jess. No, that's fair. Snyder. So now she has to send it back to you. So let's jump into quotes. Rain, what's your first one? All work and no play Buffy is uh, my short quote. I didn't write down the full thing, but it was uh, the very first quote I have from the start of the show when they're at the bronze and uh, little Miss Buffy shoots down Mr. Sadie Hawkins' dance uh, dancer. I don't know if we got his name. If we did, I missed it. A math student guy. Yeah. <laughs> I also missed it if we got his name. I don't think I don't think there's a name said. My first quote is also from that scene. Go ahead. It is. You came, you saw, you rejected. <laughs> uh, my first one's actually I think a little bit later. Xander's walking into a room and Willow says, "Did Cordelia win another round in the broom closet?" <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. This it isn't was. my next quote, but I have 
you're just a big bucket of funny, Will, which is the next quote right <laughs> yeah, after that one. That's awesome. <laughs> Between uh, right after the janitor and Buffy find the first couple uh, fighting with the gun uh, and the guy's like, what happened? Uh, and the girl's like, what happened? You just went OJ on your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I have that quote from Buffy. That was my one in between those two. I didn't put it in my quote since it was my 90 thing. Yeah, that's smart. All right. Um, my next one. Yeah. I'm up now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like way later, but it's when they figured out like what the um, what's going on. And Giles like kind of pops his head up and he goes, that sounds like paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. And like just the like Excitement. joy he hears. So I was like, like, he's like paranormal activity. And then uh, Willow's fault with, ooh, ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I actually have one like literally right before that when because it's they Buffy and Xander walk into that scene uh, after the locker monster thing, and there's like Xander got attacked by a locker monster and freaking Giles the Loch Ness monster. Yes. <laughs> Mine is also a ways into the episode. It's when Giles thinks that Jenny is the ghost, and it's the whole. I wrote down the whole quote. In fact, I encourage you to always challenge me when you feel it's appropriate. You should never be cowed by authority. Except, of course, in this instance when I am clearly right and you are clearly wrong. That was my next one. I'm, I'm oh, so sorry. glad you wrote that no, down. Okay. I didn't was, want to write it down. You wrote the whole thing and I, I, I paraphrased it, so I'm glad you, you took it. Same. Um, so I said I had like eight, but I, re- I realized I counted two of those as two. Oh, okay. Because they were kind of split, so I have three left. I also have three left. One, two, three, four... Five, six. God damn. Seven. I'm sorry. I've only said two things so far. Yeah, go ahead, Rain. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. Uh, The end of, sorry, the end of the Loch Ness Monster scene, actually, uh, when they're talking about how ghosts are confused and angry beings, uh, Buffy actually says, fabulous, now we're Dr. Laura for the deceased. (laughs) Dr. Laura is basically uh, just a a big 90s, like, psychologist uh, who's, like, a Dr. Phil character, basically. Huh. Yeah, I was like, she said that, and it just made me giggle. Um, that's not a reference I even got. Yeah, yeah. I didn't either, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Jess, do you want to do your next one next? My next one is uh, when Giles pulls Willow out of the floor, and Willow's just like, Giles, Jenny could never be this mean. I'm just like, mm. <gasps> you're right, Willow. No, that was a direct hit, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Rain, do you want to do your next one? We'll just... I'm skipping over one because it's just one that I really don't think it needs to be said. Uh, one I've already said, uh, Angel talking to <laughs> Wheels. You don't like it, Spike? Hit the stairs and go. Come on, take a stand, basically. It was just a great summary <laughs> of Angelus's character this entire se- you know, season yeah. so far. Yeah. Uh, my next one is... Willow says something about the final solution, and Xander says, nuke the school? I like that solution. (laughs) I like it. My next one is a two-parter. Buffy saying, good, he doesn't deserve it. And then Giles saying, to forgive is an act of compassion, Buffy. It isn't done because they deserve it. It's done because they need it. Which I know we talked about earlier, but I just... That like sums up the whole episode, and it was it just That's, really. I'm gonna, I wanted to talk about that more in analysis. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, rain. It's the the part of the scene right after that quote, where Buffy's obviously kind of self imposing her mm-hmm. her feelings on the situation, and 
she's like, he can't live with it. And, or, you know, that's not something you can live with, I think is what she says. And the direct quote that I have down though is from Xander. And this is the, the, the real big part where I feel like Xander actually contributes to this episode. He can't live with a Buffy. He's dead. Right. Mm, yeah. Of that final moment. And that's like where she also just like stops everything. She just turns around and walks to the kitchen and then leaves shortly after. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, that was kind of like that turning point in that scene for her. It was like just the way that Xander actually said that it was like, he, he can't do that. He's, he's dead. Right. It's very powerful. Jess, do you want to do your next one? You do your next one, because I only have one left. So and do I. it's almost certainly not going to be one that either one of you have. That's fair. So Cordelia said, what was it? Something like, Overthink so if they... Which, or, oh, no, uh, that's my other one, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she said something like, so what, are they just going to close the school forever? And Xander <laughs> said, but why? What does he want? Actually, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) I did think of you in that scene. (laughs) Mine is like kind of more of a moment, but it's when when Buffy and Angel are possessed and Mm -hmm. they're having the conversation and 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 Jealous goes, it doesn't matter what I feel. Because I love the way he delivers that line. Like when I think of this episode... That is what pops into my head. It's just, just so the, feminine. Like, emphasis on the way he says feel. I'm just like, yeah, David. Give Love it, it. That's funny. So I had to write that one down. We'll give Rain the closer and I'll give my last one real quick, which is just Cordy saying, okay, over identify much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mistacked. Just her <laughs> extreme sassery coming back. Yes, yeah, I love it. To close out. When Grace's soul is still an angel and they're finishing their final conversation and the final, the, the last bit of the cycle basically is closing. And Grace, who's Angelus right now, mm-hmm. says to James, who's Buffy, I loved you with my last breath. And that, and oh, that's true because he said Buffy right before his soul got taken from him. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Oh. And it just, it, the, the quote is that one, that part that obviously, you know, it's just James and Grace, but you know, for fact that this is exactly what Angel specifically Would and Buffy said. are feeling. And yes. it's the closure both of them need for it, sure. Literally. Yeah. And then they kiss and then that's when it's broke, the spell's broken and, you know, they yeah. both wake up from this slumbery goes, kiss. Angel? Angel? And he runs, basically, yeah. and like tosses her way into. And he disgust. fucking pushes her real. Oh, hard. he yeah. fucking shoves her ass, just <laughs> yeah. straight up. Yeet. <laughs> but like that, that, that quote just like kind of catches in your throat a little bit. Yes. Of I literally loved you with my last breath. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, so good. Bam. Bam. All right. So on to analysis then. Yes. Wait, can we make a quote out of uh, the sounds the chair makes when Spike's kicking the shit out of it? Skirt, skirt, skirt. That's a better closure. I didn't closer. feel like he really kicked the shit out of it, oh, though. I feel like he, he kicked, kicked it backwards. He kicked it very, very efficiently in a direction. I just, I, when you say he kicked the shit out of something, I always interpret that as him, like, kicking it multiple times. Right, yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. He just kicked it very hard once. Yeah. So analysis. It gave an impression. Um, obviously, the big message of the episode is uh, 
forgiveness. Forgiveness and closure. And closure. And maybe, so, maybe and forgiving yourself a little bit of compassion. Yeah. I mean, really, I think the biggest thing is in the quote you gave from Giles. Giles and it's just that, you know, like it's not always the easiest to forgive, but it's like you can't really be at peace until you do. It's an act of compassion. And yeah. And Rain touched on it earlier during the summary, too. Yeah. Well, because because Giles said you deserve you forgive people because they not because they deserve it, but because they need it. But I also think that like. And it didn't really fit with the quote that they were trying to go with, but you need it. You yeah. need to forgive exactly. in order to move on with your life, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and even if, like, that's not exactly what he said, like, that was clearly what Buffy had to go through. She had to forgive. Yeah. Yeah. She had to forgive herself, but well, it's also... She had to forgive Angel. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Angelus, either way you want to take it. Yeah. Um, And, like, she clearly wouldn't be able to move on until that happened mm-hmm. so even though she didn't want to forgive him and she was still angry you she just she had to to be able to take everything to the next step that needs to be taken right yeah i mean i think it's a pretty cut and dry analysis yeah, really man. it's not unless uh, you have more to add to it the only thing i have to add to it is just and i know i've already said it is just bring up the rose quartz again it's just kind of like the perfect symbolism for this entire episode mm-hmm. the more i think about it and like just the the general like learnt lesson in this is that self acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude are all a part of unconditional love, whether that's towards yourself or other people. And you may not think that someone deserves unconditional love, depending on what they've done to either yourself, other people, to the environment, doesn't matter. But self acceptance and forgiveness are all a part of life and like the way you learn things and process things and grow from things you you need to you know that's kind of evolution in a nutshell is the ability to adapt and overcome and that's kind of what I feel like forgiveness is definitely a part of is as adapting over emotion especially like anger which is a very debilitating thing mm-hmm. and processing it and letting it go and accepting it yeah whether that's from yourself or other people. Yeah. Is it wrong to relate this back to how I met your mother? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do it. Uh, Do de- it. Definitely. I just thought about the episode when Ted wants to go fucking confront Stella and mm-hmm. her ex-husband that she mm-hmm. got back with. And he's like daydreaming about how he's going to get there and he's going to freak out and just like tell him what's up or he's going to show up and drop some cold knowledge and walk off, leaving him upset or physical assaulting or yeah. some, something, something, yeah. you know, he's, confrontational. He's, yeah, he's running through all these scenarios in his head and his friends are all egging him on. Like, yeah, you're going to fucking show him. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And then he gets there and sees how happy she is with her husband and kid or ex-husband and kid. And he like, he says it in the narration. Like sometimes you just let the anger go. And yeah, that's like the, that's a third solution to either giving into the anger or repressing it. Right. Yeah. Is I think the message of that episode, but it related a lot, I think, to this one as well. Absolutely. Full yeah. show. For shizzle dizzle, For dog. Sure. For sure. Just did we get any messages? <gasps> oh, do you Ooh. not have any final thoughts? Oh, do we want to do final thoughts first? Final thoughts do that? usually. I don't know, first. Stosh. Do we? Okay. Um, <laughs> I have a couple. Do you guys? No. I'll let you go. Oh, that one doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> No, actually, we covered them, because I was going to say, why did this happen this year? And it, we talked about that yeah, a while that's... ago. Uh, the other one was just that it's 
They said the word bitch a lot for public TV. They did. In the 90s. I was really surprised. Even then, bitch was like not that huge of a thing. No, but it felt like egregious compared to other episodes of the show. Yeah, you get away with bitch and ass, I think. It's like the biggest like stretches. And damn, yeah. But not a goddamn. You got to bleep out the god if you do that. That's true. You can say damn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because god's the one you bleep out. Figured you'd bleep out damn. Uh, That's how it is with asshole too, is they bleep out the whole part. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. I've never understood it. Censorship is stupid anyway. Yeah, it is. Well, that is true. It's more offensive when you add the word God to it for that one. See, I feel like they just should just censor, like, the whole thing. I agree with you, thing. but that's why they... No, and, like, I, I understand, because, like, when you say it, I used to say, oh, my God, in front of my bus driver when I was younger, and he said, don't take... That is not your God. You do not say that no. name in vain kind of thing. And, like, I didn't really understand that. And, like, I was Jehovah's Witness. You know, Jehovah's Witness. Not I, not I was, but I was raised around it. So, like, I understood, like, the general, like concept but like kind of weird when i was a kid i used to get yelled at for taking the lord's name in vain too and i come from an atheist family right weird that was weird that's really weird like i can remember my mom yelling at me for that stop it what (laughs) i feel neither of you have any though i I feel like i should but like overall i love this episode i guess could be my final thought i love the buffy angel dynamic i mm-hmm. love the forgiveness theme mm-hmm. just everything about this episode speaks to me as a human being you know this is actually one of the first episodes i feel like we've really touched on this much like emotion of them like we've had a lot of like trauma and anger and sadness but like the next step afterwards we've never really touched up on yeah if i'm being honest like it's That's weird fair. we've seen acceptance i feel like but... this episode was a lot more mid to me yeah, that's well, that's guys. fine. I just I'm I was, not a big into the romance, so yeah, I was really surprised to hear you both say you loved it so much because I watched it and I was like, yeah, that was okay. It's I it's didn't like, dislike it by any means, but yeah, and it's I not definitely. it's not like you know the first number one episode for me in the season by any means or even like the show by mm-hmm. any means. I think it makes like eh, top top five episodes. I want to say of the season at least, just because it, it it's a unique scenario. It's a unique situation. It's touching on the same shit we've heard about repeatedly, but it's bringing it into a different light, I guess. And then it's also growth of Spike and his ballsiness. And it's also growth of Buffy and, so to speak, her ballsiness coming up, you know, because yeah. all of a sudden it's, I can forgive myself. All right, let's move on. Sure. <laughs> let's go beat cool. the shit out of some vampires. Well, now that we didn't skip a section of the podcast, <gasps> Jess, did we get any messages? We did, actually. Oh, I'm going to start this segment out with the Thurs debates because I didn't do it that last episode, so now I have to do two this episode. Okay. So apologies, everyone, if you were wildly disappointed. I was wildly um, disappointed, Jess. I was also, I'm still fucking angry. I'm furious. So actually, the first Thurs debate we're going to cover is from the Phases episode. <gasps> the question we asked our audience was, should Willow have gone to Oz's house? 63% said yes, she needed answers, and we did too. That's wrong. 37% said no, she should have given him some space. Wasn't, That's fair. Was there not a third option there? There was not a third option for that one. All right. The next one we had was for... Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Triple B. Yes. 
the question we asked our audience was, would you have gotten back together with Xander like Cordelia did? 30% said, yes, the spell was a mistake, but at least he cares. 40% said, no, Xander sucks. 40% said that? (laughs) Holy shit. And 30% said, what he did was messed up, but they're just so cute together. Which averages out to a 60% people are for Xander and Cordy. 40% people think Xander sucks. And I'm going to count that as a win. I'm one of the 40%. Yeah, you are. That's okay. (laughs) Stosh is one of the 30% on Mm -hmm. the other Uh, answers. Which which one did I answer? You said, no, they're just so cute. They are so cute. I like them together. (laughs) Just unnatural. (laughs) And then we also got actual listener messages, which makes me so happy. We got a follow-up message from Jennifer. Um, oh, shit. That's awesome. You will recall. Um, was from Australia. She is from Australia. She, that didn't come up. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it's coming up now, okay? <laughs> she reached out to say Willow totally died in Halloween. And she just listened to Lie to Me with the Buffy Gaze. And Buffy Gaze is who she... She also listens to Buffy Gaze as well. In fact, they are how she found us. Awesome. And she found them through Tabula Rasa Bitches, who put her onto Buffy Gaze. Just shows. Networking's important, kids. It is. Shout out to all of them. she also follows me on my bookstagram now, because she's a massive reader. Aw. So, shout out to you, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for following my bookstagram. Thank you for following us. And thank you for continuing to reach out and let us know that Willow died because she totally did. And thank you. Firstly, I just have to fight everyone. (laughs) Seriously. And thank you for supporting like the podcasting community. It's apparent that you, you know, kind of travel around and you kind of listen to different people and we all appreciate you. Yeah. And she, those are some great podcasts. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'm including us in that. (laughs) I'm going to be presumptuous and include us in that, but Buffy Gaze and Tabula Rasa Bitches are both great podcasts to listen to. So if you are looking for more Buffy content, check those guys out. Uh, And then we got an email from Donna who said, hello, y'all. I found y'all through the Buffy Gaze podcast. Uh, My 14-year-old calls Stosh Moustache. Adorable. I love that. Uh, She is not new to Buffy. Buffy came out when she was 19, but she is new to us. She's on season two, episode 12 of our podcast. A couple episodes back, we were talking about how miscommunication is the problem with most romance books. So she and she does believe that is true. 52 times the word gross was used in season two, episode 12 (laughs) of our podcast. If she was a drinker, she would have been lit. So she took shots of water and was very hydrated. So thanks for that. (laughs) That's great. Can't say we didn't provide for the community. I love these people. (laughs) She is enjoying how Stosh hasn't seen Buffy, and we're getting his point of view of it from a first-time watcher. But she wanted to know how I was able to, how I am able to sit here and not tell you everything, uh, which I did email her back and let her know that I just go home and immediately tell my husband all of the things that I don't say and on this podcast. He doesn't know that this is going to happen. <laughs> oh my the god! The 99% you're able to hold in while we're recording, because <laughs> yes. you do let some slip. I 1,000% let stuff slip. Every um, once in a while, one trickles through. Yeah. Um, our guests, it's not just you. They, our guests oh, no. are obviously way worse than me about it because oh, they are. Oh, I dropped about... one or two. You dropped one this episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, you did. I know. I, know. Um, I tried backtracking a little. 
sorry. Uh, she wanted to say, Stash, thanks for explaining music theory for everyone. Oh. Not a lot of people catch catch the gem from Oz. And she just said, keep oh. up the good work. Really cool. enjoying it. Hell yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for Donna. And then... You keep sh- listening, we'll keep recording. Yeah. So we, uh, we've got quite a, quite a fun, fun grouping this episode yeah. of listener messages, which is really fun. You guys, we cannot tell you how much it means to us. I try to reply back to everybody. Um, I try to answer any questions that you ask, but we, it means so much to us when you guys write in because... Yes, it's a podcast, but we're trying to kind of, in a lot of ways, build a community of people to talk about this show with. So, thank you. I mean, I'm not. People spoil shit for me, so I have to. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Well, if you would like to be like Jennifer and Donna, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at JimCancelledPod, or you can email us at JimsCancelledPod at gmail.com. Rain, do you have any plugs you'd like to do? Uh, yes, I do have a plug, in fact. Um, I've mentioned it a couple times before, but I am actually a hobbyist photographer, and I have an Instagram I'd love to share. Um, if you guys are on Instagram and would love to support my photography, I would absolutely enjoy that and love to share my content with you. You can follow me at The Rain Works. That's Rain, R-A-Y-N-E, The Rain Works, and right on Instagram. Yeah. Jess, do you have any plugs? Uh, you can find me, like Jennifer, at my bookstagram, tiaras.and.books, where I talk about all things bookish. Stosh, where can they find you? On, um, well, I just deleted Facebook and Instagram, but I'm still on Twitter right now at Nisnar, N-I-S-S-N-A-U-R. There you go. And the next episode we are going to be going over is season two, episode 20 yeah season 2 episode 20 go fish that's what it was Stosh do you have any predictions sounds like they're going to be playing a card game well maybe really I thought they were going to go fishing Uh, maybe you know we haven't seen many outdoors yo if that happens uh, can I skip the next episode I'm not (laughs) holy shit but we can see maybe a little Bigfoot if we go fishing or something I don't know what's outside I don't know fish I mean, miss me with that shit you know what i'm saying swamp thing uh... swamp thing's fine yeah <laughs> do you um, have any real predictions uh how many episodes are left in the season so we are actually recording go fish next and then we have another recording for part one and part two of the season finale okay so we have three episodes two recordings left until we're at season three at, at best, then the next episode's just going to be a bunch of buildup for the finale or completely unrelated. Okay. I'm going to say it's completely unrelated. Fuck it. I'll just guess. All right. We are getting close to the end of season two. So as season three approaches, we will be getting ready to do our transition, which will include poll questions about things uh, similar to what we did with the end of season one. Um, we will begin doing our social media polls for our favorite character, our most improved character, our best line, a character who delivers the best lines, the best supporting villain, and the most beloved loss, all from season two. So look out for that in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to season three. Woohoo! Perfect. 
And as for Stasha's predictions, we will find out next time whether or not he is right. And until then, stay sunny, Slayers.